back. This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Ooh. Doesn't that give you chills? I just got them. I got the goosies. Oh, my gosh, man. It's been... It has to have been close to six months since our last one, right? Yeah. Then we wrapped it up right after our championship, which would have been like in the middle of of uh, January. So almost yeah. seven months. Holy moly, guacamole. But we're ready. This is season three. Season three of the Scum and Sneak Show. Are you serious to all of our listeners that have been with us from day one to all of our fans and friends who jumped in mid Season one, season two, wherever you are, we appreciate all of you, all the support at all times. Uh, we are not going anywhere anytime soon. And we hope that as this is episode one of season three, you just continue to love and enjoy us while we continue to judge, make fun of, critique, give you props on whatever it is that you're doing out there in your fantasy football world, lives, teams. We all know that it is. Uh, it runs our lives to to the most, uh, you know, to the extent of what we uh, want to do here, and we are ready to uh, start off. I'm going to quit rambling. Let's just let's get into it. No ramble, 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 ramble. That's what the people want. <clears throat> but you kind of brought it up a little bit. We're getting back to our roots here. We started season two off a little early. I think we started in like March or April. We were raring to go and. I think we kind of petered a little bit over the summer. So took a little more off time, took some time to prep. As we'd let everyone know, we were in contract negotiations for a little bit. So shout out to our new servers. Thank you guys very much for, for holding on to our magic and taking care of it and putting it out there for us. But just like we did in season one, we're back to kicking off with the Scum and Sneak 4th of July weekend extravaganza. Yeah, big time. Fireworks and, and celebrations. Uh, get with your family. Get with your friends. Throw on the Scum and Sneak show and let us serenade you into the football season. Can you just imagine your 4th of July shindig? You know, you got the grill going. You got a brew in your hand. And you just hear this, this nasally voice wafting through the air. Yeah, everyone says, wait a second, is that? Is that scum from the scum and sneak? Is that sneak from the? And then they'll, oh, that's right. It's that time of year, off season. Uh, training camps are right around the corner. Uh, the mini camps have uh, either concluded or going on this week. So, you know, football world is back at it. And uh, we are here as well to get back in it, celebrating summer, celebrating football fantasy, the LV Dynasty League, and everyone out there. All right. I don't know what else to say about that. I'm just excited. I'm excited over here, Scum. I'm pumped. And it's, I'm feeling the juices and my blood boiling again. I'm getting into that rhythm, getting into that finding my voice. And uh, here we go. You're so right. It's, this is football time, right? We just wrapped up the NBA championship. Go Warriors. Yep. But, you know, now people, like you said, it's training camp. You're starting to hear reports at a camp. Looking forward to some drafts in the you know, a little over a month or two, no, a little bit over a month. And we're getting into the swing thing. So hopefully you guys are too. Hopefully our league mates are. Hopefully we can get some movement, some trades, some activity going here. Hopefully our do nothing commission do nothing you know, commit. actually set up some of the settings because that still has to be done. Yes. Get in there, commish, start playing around with sleepers, start get, making sure draft order is ready, start doing whatever it is that you need to do. So everyone starts getting alerts on their phone. People start, the juices start flowing, the wheels start turning, some things start happening. Uh, I think that, I think we're kind of in a little bit of a, a lull with the league where there's some talks of maybe some people possibly leaving. There's some talks of some people possibly joining. There's some talks of not, a, not enough transparency with certain things, <laughs> not enough, you know, whatever it may be, not enough this or that. We're here to kind of kickstart it. For all of you who are listening and are going to be jumping on, on board with us this year, Let's let's sustain this thing. Let's get back to where we were. Think about the good old days. Uh, like Scum said, drafts are coming. Uh, we're gonna a lot more news and reports are gonna start coming around the bend. 
and uh, maybe that'll start kicking things off. And before you know it, I mean, we're less than three months away from kickoff weekend. We're two months away from redraft leagues. Who knows when our draft is going to be, but it's all right around the corner. So it's time to get off the couch, time to come home from vacation, uh, get back in the seat, uh, start researching, start looking, start wondering, start talking, start throwing out feelers, start talking trash, whatever it may be to get it going again, because I know that will be all good things for this league and all fantasy players in the world. Mm, couldn't have said it better myself. Before we get into our little, you know, foray into getting everyone's toes wet with the football season, we've got to do a nonsense minute. Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all thought we forgot. I almost did, but we didn't. Uh-huh. So, I think for the nonsense minute, we're going to keep it themed like we always do. Okay. Like we said, holiday weekend, 4th of July, the, the prime American celebration, right? America's birthday. Yes, sir. Makes me think of, you know, the, the number one restaurant chain in America. They actually sponsor something called the McDonald's All-American Team. Oh, okay. So, Shink, you're going you're gonna to create your McDonald's All-American starting five with mcdonald's menu items oh okay so perfect you got to make your perfect meal but with only five things from mcdonald's okay you want you want to kick it off you want me to go first i'm gonna go for it here i think i've got i'm rounding out here in my brain we're gonna go with we're gonna go with the sausage egg and cheese mcmuffin oh okay starting off with brekkie Yep. Well, I'm going to throw a little breakfast in there and then I'm going to jump. If I'm going to go lunch dinner, I'm going to jump in with the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. That's, mm. that's a staple been around McDonald's forever. We've got a French fry, obviously. Okay. okay. McDonald's French fries have been known and have been the top of lists of top fast food restaurant, uh, fast food, French fries, you know, for this millennia, basically. This you almost true. can't go wrong. With McDonald's fries, so we got the we got the fries. We're gonna go with uh, an ice cold Coke. Got to. And then we're gonna go with an Oreo McFlurry. Ah, the perfect topper. So, sausage egg and cheese McMuff. We got the quarter pounder with cheese. We got the fries. We got the Coke. We got the Oreo McFlurry. That's my top five. All-American McDonald's starting lineup for McDonald's food items. You know, when I was going through this, I did not consider the breakfast, but I probably should have because that Epic Muffin, oh, I don't know how I left yeah. it off, but I'm going to. I'm going to go with the, you know, a little traditional, a little chalky here, but we're going to start off with a Big Mac. Okay. Just too delicious. Yeah, lots of fun. I've never had a Big Mac, just to, just to put that out there. <laughs> you made you made a top five McDonald's list without ever tasting a Big Mac? <laughs> yeah, real bad. You need to get down to the – does Eureka even have a McDonald's? Oh, of course not. We don't have anything mainstream <laughs> except for a, a gas station subway. Anyway, need, we're off topic now. You need to get into town and get a Big Mac. <laughs> We're starting there. I'm going to go similar to you because you said ice cold Coke. I'm going to go with an ice cold Sprite because something about McDonald's Sprite is different. They, they do something else. It's like extra crisp, yeah. extra carbonated. So if you have Sprite. Where people talk about they put like spicy magic inside of it or something. Something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little nostalgia, go with the, the childhood here. We're going to hit... Uh, a 10-piece Chicken McNuggets. Okay. Now, I got a Big Mac and a McNuggets in the same meal. I don't know if I can finish this one sitting, but... I think you can. I think you can do it. It's going to be a fun time trying. My curveball here is uh, we're going no fries, but we're going to throw in the hot and spicy McChicken. Okay. For all you uh, frugal guys out there, you know, it's like a dollar, maybe a little more with inflation. <laughs> Talk about inflation, huh? Yeah, we don't want to go down that path. <laughs> but the hot spicy meat chicken is is delish. One of my staples when when you're trying to eat out on budget. 
And then, of course, we're hitting Oreo McFlurry, too. I mean, that, that's going to be – that's probably the number one on our list. But, you know, dessert okay. at the end. Does McDonald's even have other flavor McFlurries anymore? I would assume so. They got to have M&M still, right? I don't think they do. All right, when you go when you go to the big city and get your Big Mac, you got to look for the other McFlurry flavors. <laughs> I remember they used to have – all the flavors, but I think they paired it. They might have one more than Oreo, but I'm pretty sure they cut out all the, the flavors from the, when they first came out with that deal. All right, this weekend for 4th of July, when you, you know, get your horse-drawn carriage ready, you pack up your uh, your wares to take into town yeah. for, for the holiday, you make sure you take those take those horses in the drive-thru at McDonald's and, and check on that McFlurry flavor list. Yeah, we have to check that out. But that's fun. That's a good list. All American top five. Tell us yours. Tell us where you think we're wrong. I mean, obviously we're not wrong. And you can't really be wrong with with a thing like this. But tell us your list. Let us hear the hate. We're ready to get back into that mode. Oh, yeah, we're get, we're we're ready for some some pain on our end as well. A good four or five months ahead of us, where you guys just constantly complain and whine and yell at us for everything that we got to say because that's just that's just the give and take we have here with our audience you know we dish it out you dish it out we take it you take it and it's all love and and a little hate though (laughs) (laughs) well yeah let's get into the football we're really excited to talk about it and i guess maybe just a preview of what we're gonna hit before the preseason you know as always we're gonna do uh, the scummer of rankings here in a little bit. We'll hit power rankings, of course, before the season starts. We'll do some draft prep stuff. So all your favorites you guys have to look forward to. But today, we're going to try to recap briefly a pretty crazy offseason that the, that the league has had, the, the NFL, that league, not even LV Dynasty, because I think this has been one of the most – you know, tumultuous, crazy off seasons that I can remember. I mean, signings and trades all over the place, uh, especially with big, big names. Would you agree? Yeah. Yep, you hit it right there at that right there, Scum. The big name portion of this, I think, is the big what we've seen recently of last recent years. You know, there's always signings, there's always some trades and some stuff, but this year there was a lot of big names and a lot of huge, you know swings with these players and what they've been what they're what they have done in the past their fantasy relevance and just you know who they are their names you know you got the likes of the Tyreek Hill Devontae Adams like people that have just players that have just been absolute stalwarts on their teams and and big time performers getting moved and then not to mention like what you said just a slew of moves we're not going to be able to get to them all we're not going to try to get to them all but we're here just to kind of try to talk about some of these that we saw and what how it sways the pendulum of fantasy relevance and and teams that may own these players and what that's going to do for those teams and what it's going to do just an overall fantasy perspective is it good is it bad is it indifferent um and i think that's i think that's a it's a perfect time for that as we go into training camp to see because you're going to probably start seeing some reports on some of these big name players it's like so-and-so is not meshing with so-and-so or so-and-so and and this guy have just took it off and we're, you know, sky's the limit. And I think for us to be able to get in on that a little bit in the beginning uh, to kind of see how it plays out before drafts and before preseason, perfect timing on our part, obviously. Of course. uh, Like I said, a lot of fun, awesome off-season moves, trades, uh, not even, not even to mention the draft. We're probably not even going to get into that at this point, but it's just a, just a, it was a lot going on and not even just offensive players, a lot of defensive players, a lot of good you know pieces that are going to help teams. And it's an exciting time in the NFL, exciting time for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. You've summed it up perfectly. Well, I'm sure we'll end up talking about other moves too, just in the course of what we do. We're, we're the tangent bros. Yeah. But um, what we, what we set up is we each picked, a move, which that could be a signing, a trade, maybe a draft pick that we thought was really good that we loved, you know, a, a hope move, if you will. We each picked one of those for 
just fan or fantasy in general, um, broad strokes, we're just broad stroking out here. And then we also dialed that down into the LV Dynasty League, specific to one of you managers out there. And did we pick someone that listens to the show? Maybe. Did we pick someone that doesn't listen? More likely. So we'll see how that goes. But Shane, do you want to start off? And I'll let you pick first. Do you want to go good or bad move first? Hope or don't move first? I'm going to, I think right now I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with good move. Okay. Uh, and it, and it, I have, I have other options here, but I'm going to go, I'm trying to be a lot more direct and a lot more specific on these than maybe in the past episodes where we kind of this and that, and this and that. But this player that I chose is not only good fantasy relevance wise, I think for just as a whole, if you're listening and you're not in our league and you're, you're, you own this player or you're looking at a redraft and you're kind of wondering what you saw last year or didn't see last year and what happened to him is with, you know, the projection possibly for this year and, uh, and for our league as well. This player is, I think this move kind of encompasses everything that we're trying to talk about here. And for me, that's Allen Robinson. Mm, okay. Going to the Rams, who we know just won the Super Bowl, extremely potent offense, want to throw the ball left and right. Crazy offensive schemes. We saw what Cooper Cup did. We saw what even Odell did last year in half a season. We saw what Robert Woods was doing before the injury. The tight ends, Matt Stafford. I think overall, and and I don't think you should at all be worried about what you saw from Allen Robinson from last year. The Bears didn't like him, didn't want him. He was 75% checked out of that team. New quarterback, new everything, just sucked all the way around. This year, Allen Robinson with the Rams, I think, is going to be huge, going to be their number two, if not their 1B, whatever it may be, with Cooper Cup there. And like everything I just said about that, I think this is a huge, awesome signing, resurgence for his career. We could see astronomical numbers out of Allen Robinson. We know Matt, the South Dakota Buffalo, has him on his team. I don't know what his plans are with that team. Matt's got a lot of stacked options. He's probably going to look to maybe make some trades or do something at some point. But I really like Allen Robinson fantasy-wise. Good move for him. Good move for fantasy. If you don't own him, try to get a share of him all around. That's my pick for a major, big, boom, off-season transaction that happened. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens there. No, I totally agree with you. I really like Allen Robinson going to the Rams. I think he will have a resurgence, as you said. I am surprised that that was your pick. Just, I don't know. Did, I didn't think of that when I was thinking of my favorite moves. But, you know, when you think about him as the number two in that offense, he's taking the, like you said, the Odell role, but also the Robert Woods role that we've seen be really successful in fantasy. So I, I do agree that it's someone you want to target, especially with where it looks like he's going in drafts now. Um, you know, someone with top 12 potential going – later than that in drafts for sure so I want to ask you though do you think it cuts into Cooper Cup at all like I don't I don't think anyone would say that Cooper Cup is going to repeat what he did last year you know one of the all-time seasons we've ever seen but does it bring down his his potential kind of competing with Allen Robinson or are you just looking at again Robinson soaks up whatever Odell and Bobby Trees had and Cup or Cooper Cup is fine. I 100% think Cooper Cup is fine. I think the way that offense is structured that we saw from last year and what they, I think they want to do in that offense and what McVay wants to do with Stafford and all the things that you can think of, the schemes, the plays, the any all of it under the sun. I just think there's no lessening of anybody and it's just better for Robinson, better even probably for Cup. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't you probably don't see Cup completely uh you know repeat what he did, but I don't see why he can get close and Robinson could basically take you take Robert Wood's season before the injury, take Odell's season before the injury, including playoffs, put them together, and Robinson's at thousand yards, ten touchdowns, like a snap of fingers, easy peasy. Yeah. I like it. All right, you want to hear my good one? I want to. I want to. I'm excited. All right, I think the best move this offseason was the Chargers trading for Khalil Mack. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. Let's just do it. Let's just go defense. 
Brandon, is this an IDP league again yet or what? <laughs> but no, for, for fantasy, for an actual good move and a move that I like, I don't like to see for the just competitive nature of the AFC West, but mine is Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, the move is on my list as well. Yeah. I think one, it's good for Russ. I mean, it, it plans him. I wouldn't say it's like a better situation uh, receiver wise as Seattle, but it puts him in, in an offense that should rely on him a little more. That's less, you know, Pete Carroll and Seattle wanted to run the ball, right? And there's times when they had to let Russ do his thing. And of course he had great games, great seasons there still, but um, we're getting Nathaniel Hackett coming down from Green Bay to, to the Broncos. And I think that that pairing is just going to be big things for us fantasy-wise. I think he's going to get back into that, like, top six quarterback for fantasy range where he historically was. With, I think, some potential to, to even get up into that, like, top one, two place as long as things break right. You know, I think he's got plenty of weapons. I think he's got the talent. Obviously, he should be healed up from that finger thing that he had going on last year. And there's going to be games that he has to uh, probably come back and he's going to have to go up against Mahomes twice. He's going to have to go up against Herbert twice. Even the Raiders revamped offense. You could see those games being pretty high scoring between the Raiders and Broncos. So he's going to have like boom games where he gets to, you know, potentially throw four or five touchdowns, have a bunch of yards, maybe rush one in. And as long as he stays healthy, those totals uh, at the end of the year are going to look pretty good, I think. And I also really like it just because he helps every other position player on the Broncos. Yeah. That upgrade from Drew Locke to Russell Wilson is huge. So you're you're Cortland Sutton, you're Jerry Judy, you're Albert O, you're Tim Patrick even, and then the running backs, Javante and Melvin, like, if they're, if they're all boats in the harbor, Russ is like that huge tide that comes in and raises all of them. Like that offense is going to be better. They're going to score more. Uh, I think you really want pieces of that Denver offense. And uh, I think it's just a great move for Denver. And, you know, I, I don't like to see Denver getting better in the division with the Chargers, but it should be fun to watch those games for sure. Yeah, couldn't agree more. He was one of my top lists on my list for overall fantasy. Good move and overall for, you know, dynasty for redraft. But yeah, you want to, I think you want to have a piece of that offense. All the names that you mentioned, there could be, you know, sky's the limit in that offense. Russell Wilson makes everybody so much better. Uh, You got the deep threat bomb, big receiver in Sutton. You got that middle over the uh, over the middle you know intermediate route kind of possession guide I mean anybody everyone's going to be good in that offense barring any injuries of course and I just think there's going to be lots of shootouts going up and like you said going if it's Herbert and Mahomes twice there's going to be lots going on and uh, yeah, love that pick uh, exciting to see what that how it changed you know you we've talked about in the past on on teams that you just want to have a piece of because they're they're good pieces they're good receivers they're good running backs they're like they may not be top, top tier guys, but because of the Russell Wilson, like we've talked about in the past, because of Brady, because of Peyton Manning, because of Aaron Rodgers, you want to have those pieces in those offenses because they're just bound to do be top 30, 25 guys. And you just want to have as many shares of that as possible. And so I agree with that hundred percent. Actually, real quick tangent. I had a dream last night that Russell Wilson threw eight touchdowns in his opening game. Oh, I love it. That'd be that'd be just like um, Peyton Manning's debut with the Broncos. He threw like six, right? Yeah. Just have so, that like showcase with a new quarterback. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Don't don't ask me why I'm having dreams about the Broncos and Russell Wilson throwing eight touchdowns. Maybe football's on the brain, or maybe I got to go talk to talk to somebody about my dreams. But very very interesting dream. And week one is always that week where it's like. There's this crazy numbers, even from from superstars or from your random guys. Like somebody, there's always these insane week one numbers. So oh, yeah, no. Russell Wilson, put it on the books. <laughs> Sammy Watkins every year has like three touchdowns in week one, right? Like that's his right. that's his thing. And then that's his thing, and then he's gone for the rest of the year. But he's with Aaron Rodgers this year, so probably it's definitely gonna happen week one. 
<laughs> yeah, he Sam. I have Sammy Watkins on my list as a good move, but I'm gonna go into my one of my bad moves. Yes, if not the bad move um, for me. And again, this is one of those I think could probably go both ways, fantasy wise, and if you're an owner or looking to draft, I would temper your expectations. And that for me is AJ Brown. Mm, okay. Got traded to the Eagles. We've we've talked ad nauseum about whether Jalen Hurts is good, bad. Can he throw it? Is he just a runner? Is it what is we don't is he good? We don't like him. We like whatever it may be, whatever you think of him. I think that this is a downgrade for AJ Brown in, in the passing game. And just a you know, a couple stats. You know how we love stats here. If you go on and you look at if you look at uh his his overall ranking from last year, he only he missed four games. So okay, maybe you're gonna make up a little bit of that, but he was the 30, he was the 32 overall receiver. So not the worst, but I think that I think even going this is either his third or fourth year, going into his fourth year, whatever it may be, with AJ Brown, the name is synonymous with a young, good receiver that should be getting better. And I think that this move, I don't even think, I, I know that this move to the Eagles is is not good. He I don't he doesn't get above the 32 ranking this year. And if anything, I think he kind of stays where he is. But worst case scenario, which I'm kind of calling it, he's going to drop into that like high 30s, if not low 40s overall receiving mark. I just don't think Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future there. I personally think not to get into like conversations of like how teams are thinking, but I think this was a move for the Eagles when they move off Jalen Hurts. Because there's all those conversations about is he the guy? Do they make do they draft a quarterback? Do they make a trade? He was involved in some of these trade possible things with Deshaun Watson over the the uh uh, off season is is he the guy you know maybe let's bring in AJ Brown let's see if he can you know contend with these top quarterbacks Devontae Smith had a decent year last year was only was the ranked number 31st receiver by the way so Jalen Hurts's number one receiver from last year was the 31st ranked receiver only 171 fantasy points Jalen Hurts runs too much I think the Eagles moved to a, run, a little bit more of a, a running back running offense this year I'm, I'm kind of high on Miles Sanders for his last final go to maybe be a fantasy relevant running back but that's my pick is a bad move all around temper those expectations aj brown maybe next year if they move off jalen hurts and get a quarterback from the draft or go you know balls deep into a trade to get a veteran into there but this aj brown to the eagles thing isn't going to be some big great thing that a lot of people might be thinking that way uh, i don't see him coming becoming much better than what he was last year probably regresses a little bit because I just don't think Jalen Hurts can handle what the, the what he needs to handle as a as a legit passing quarterback in the league. Yeah, I I I think I lean towards agreeing with you. I think a little more I find it as just a lateral move for him. I don't think it boosts him at all. I would agree with that for sure. And I think people that are like really excited about him and that Eagles offense need to temper that. I don't know. I don't know if he can get much worse than he was last year because he did miss games, like you said. And I mean, he he is that good where he should not be, you know, ranked or or finish lower than 30th. Just I, I do believe in his talent that much. But what you said is fair, you know. I think that offense is gonna be be more balanced between pass and run. And it, you know, it's not, I think the Titans are definitely more skewed to run. So there's, there might be more passing opportunities he can see, but his competition for targets is, is much better. I would take Devonte Smith and Dallas Goder. Oh yeah. I, I forgot about Goder. No, who he was the person on times last year, especially with like the ghost of Julio Jones. Even when he did play, he had like one, good game um i mean westbrook akine and the, who else is on the titans i don't even know uh yeah austin hooper uh, maybe that was this signing this summer but yeah there he was the main guy and couldn't like, capitalize on that so yes he might see more targets this year more passing down type situations but there's also like i said more competition and in the red zone where 
AJ Brown should thrive. You brought it up. Jalen Hurts is very likely to just run it in in that scenario. So I think that, you know, the 24 to 30 finish is probably where he ends up. Maybe a couple bomb touchdowns, you know, a slant at the 20 and he takes it to the house, like helps him get into that top 24. But yeah, I wouldn't be super excited. Um, Dynasty, he is still a good hold, like you said. Either he he is just that guy and that talented and he overcomes having a, a mediocre to subpar passer in Jalen Hurts, or they do upgrade a quarterback eventually, you know, maybe even next year, and he's just in a good position. So, yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with what you said. I just – I don't know if he's going to drop necessarily from where he was last year. I think last year was his absolute floor. Okay. So. But I have another receiver that's a bad move, and this one's a little bit of a deeper cut. But, you know, I like to just pick out a guy in every rookie class that's, like, not even that popular receiver, but I just like to just hate on him and say he's the worst and say he's dumb. So this year's Tutu Atwell is Vellis Jones being drafted (laughs) by the Bears. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll go into why I don't like him, but also I really don't like this move from the Bears because they're just going to like waste and ruin Justin Fields. And that's what I really dislike about the move. They didn't have a lot of draft capital to begin with. They didn't make a move. They let Allen Robinson walk. And not that Justin Fields and Allen Robinson did anything in their short amount of playing time last year, but yeah, they, they drafted Vellis Jones in the third round, I want to say above guys that I like a lot better, like Jalen Tolbert, David Bell, even like Khalil Shakir. And my big problem with Vellis Jones is that he's like, and Eric brought this up in the group chat, he's like 25, which in rookie years, he might as well, he might as well be 80. Did you know that he played on the same USC team with Juju Smith-Schuster and Ronald Jones? No way. He was on that USC team, which was, I don't know, 10 years ago. Holy smokes. That's insane. Those guys have been in the league forever and he just is entering the league now. Whoa. Okay. I got you on that. Yeah. That's, that's a hard one right there. So, I mean, I don't like that. Like, you know, it doesn't really mean that much, but the fact that he like, he couldn't shine in college until he was, four years older than most of the guys he was playing against. That's, that's not a good sign. Didn't think he's a good fit for this offense. Anyway, they have, he's supposed to be like a field stretcher type and they already have Darnell Mooney for that. So I I just don't like the fit at all. I don't like that the bears did this in general. And again, I just really feel bad for Justin Fields. And I feel like you and I both had and still probably have high hopes for him, but they're not doing him any favors and he's kind of getting set up to be the scapegoat and probably be replaced next year. Cause the bears, I think will have a top five pick easily. Yeah. I, I, you know, not to go on the field ran here, but I, I, I like what you did there with that pick. I, I don't know if I even really know who feels, <laughs> but that's, that's totally fine. I agree with the points that you made. And obviously the age thing is insane. Uh, I I'm high on fields. I feel, I feel like he could be a good quarterback if they, do the right things for him, but I could, I totally, totally can see that happening with Fields being out of Chicago pretty quick, getting a second chance somewhere and hoping uh, to come on. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. I like that yeah. pick. It's a fun deep cut in the draft. Uh, you know, so everybody keep your eye out for Velas Jones. Yeah. I mean, draft him at your own peril. Yeah, for sure. Let's take a break here. And then we'll get into our more LV Dynasty specific picks for some of the offseason moves. Okay. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Another year of this coming sneak show and another year of Juge Plus. That's right. It's back. Juge, Juge, Juge. Plus, plus, plus. Your favorite resource for all things fantasy, all things media, all things literature, all things. As we always do, it's time for the annual 4th of July sale for Juke Plus. Now, if you sign up for Juke Plus on the 4th of July, you will get 
free Juke Plus content all the way up until the start of the regular season. That's like three free months. And to get this promotion along with signing up, all you have to do is post your 4th of July pictures in all your Americana and hashtag it red, white, and juge. That's right. Get two to three months free of Juge Plus by posting your American apparel with the hashtag red, white, and juge. Juge Plus. And we're back. So, Shneek, let's get into our league mates, our LV Dynasty brethren, the guys that we love to hate, hate to love. You know the spiel. Yeah. Let me start off this time, if I may. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And the, the person, the manager that I think that had a, um, you know, a big boost to his team based off of a, of a real-life move was – Douglas P. Johnson. Ooh, rumors that he's leaving the league. I know, but he might he might have a little bit of success before he does or does not leave. And I think the move that really helps him was Chase Edmonds leaving the Cardinals for the Dolphins. And it's not a Chase Edmonds move, but it's the fact that James Conner becomes the clear number one. And, and we saw him go on a tear um, the back half of last year. And I think that that is going to continue and he's going to have a great year. I think Doug is really going to capitalize on him, you know, being a lead back. And the, the big caveat to this, of course, is James Connors' health because he is – I mean, how many times have we talked about hating him because he gets hurt all the time? And obviously I'm changing my tune here a little bit on him just after seeing what he did at the end of last year. So this could derail really quickly. But I could just see him – hitting those levels that we saw last year again, hitting those, you know, first-year Steelers levels where he's a three-down back, scores a bunch of touchdowns, and really carries Doug's team. And Doug definitely needed to be strong at running back with Derrick Henry, with James Conner. And now he's got a a Kyler-James Conner stack. So I think that move really helps Doug have some hope to make the playoffs, make some noise in what could be his final season with the LV Dynasty League. Yeah, James Conner did come on finally after much of the chagrin of the Scum and Sneak show last year that he uh, finally started to have some good games. I agree with you. If, he, if he's given the given the reins to the backfield uh, with in that offense, you know, with should be a, another pretty good offense. If he can't put it together, Doug's going to be in a deep world of hurt. But if he can, Doug will make some moves, push for those playoffs maybe spark that uh, back into him to keep him around for another year or so, but agreed. Yeah. That's a fun move with the departure of Edmonds, Connor's backfield, stay healthy, do what you can do, catch a lot of passes, get a lot of uh, short scores. uh, And, and, and yeah, he can be a good running back. I like that move. Uh, I like getting into the running backs. I struggled. I struggled a little bit with trying to figure out what team really benefited because I mean I can make the call for myself like I kind of we kind of mentioned I like the Sammy Watkins the Green Bay move but I'm not going to focus on myself because that's not the biggest of needle movers probably so I'm like you mean you're, you're not going to do Davis Mills uh getting a little commitment from the Texans uh, love Davis Mills I love the re-signing of Brandon Cooks there that's going to be a potent uh one-two punch but you know looking through everyone's team what move really helped them to stay, to not have to panic at a position? And I'm just going to start with our, I'm going to go with our Smith Ben 08. Mm. And I'm going to go with the move that Brady came out of retirement. Okay. No, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, you look at his team. If he didn't have Brady this year, he'd have to either go with Goff or Trevor Lawrence. And both of those are higher end 20 ranked quarterbacks you probably you don't want to be relying on them especially with the team that he has which is a pretty good team the quarterback could be a huge detriment if you know Jonathan Taylor has a bad game or Kamara had a bad game or if Cup had a bad game you know your quarterback can really really bring down those that points you know Brady was the number three quarterback last year you expect him to probably be another top five quarterback maybe a little regression with Godwin probably missing some time there 
but I like Brady coming out of retirement for Ben. He solidifies that lineup. He knows who he's going to pretty much play every week, you know, barring injuries and bye weeks. Uh, and that quarterback position for him was huge because, like I said, you don't want to play golf. And you maybe play Lawrence at some, you know, uh, matchup-wise this year, second year, probably going to be a little bit better. But you don't want to have to think about that position when you have the likes of Taylor and Kamara Cup. DJ Moore hopefully, you know, doesn't – has a good year with whoever their quarterback's going to be. Devontae Smith, like I just mentioned, as a number 31 receiver last year overall, either stays around there, possibly moves, possibly, you know, you don't, for Ben, you don't want to think about that quarterback position. And now you're done with Brady out of back out of retirement. Uh, you know, whether this is the last year or whatever, you know, year by year at this point, they're going to do everything they can to make him successful. Uh, and I think that's like, you know, they always have a good schedule. They play in the NFC South, I think. So like, whatever, it's an easy schedule usually. So should have some big games for Brady and to compliment what we would assume is some really good games, if not good years out of the core of the rest of his team to uh, push him. I think, was he our number one? Did he finish number one last year? Mm, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think he did. Forget about the rain. He was, he finally did good last year and will, you know, with the, with Brady back, he should have another good year. You know, I really like that pick. I, um, I had not thought about that one. Just, didn't come to mind, but I agree with everything you're saying, especially the point that if Ben had lost Brady as his quarterback, I think he would have had to make a move in order to stay, you know, at the top of the league or else he would have really struggled, you know, rolling out those two guys you mentioned. So even if Brady does have some struggles with, uh, you know, lesser weapons to start the season, I mean, we still should see him be one of the better fancy quarterbacks nothing else really changes. They're still in the same system, even, even though it's Arian stepping down. So I think that'll be fine. Quick question, a little tangent, a little, little road detour here. Yeah. Would it have been better for Ben if those rumors were true where Brady was going to retire and then unretire and sign with the Dolphins? Do you think that would have changed? Like, was, would that have given – Brady a better ceiling just because I think that's a fun like little thing that kind of fell through because of uh, the whole scandal with um, the Dolphins coaching search like that's that's a funny like thing to fall apart and then Brady's just like oh I guess I'll just go back to the Bucks instead I like the question does make me think a little bit you know what kind of season would Brady have with Tyree Hill Waddle Gusecki any of their running backs. I would say pretty comparable. The only thing that really is sticking to me right now is that Godwin probably misses at least the first quarter, if not half of the season, which is going to, which is going to not be good for Brady. I have to focus on um, some of his other receivers, but in with Miami, you know, going into with a healthy Waddle and Hill, uh, I guess that I would give the advantage to Miami fantasy wise, just because, and then you got the younger Gasecki. We don't know if Gronk's coming back, whether that happens or not. Uh, so I think, yeah, fantasy wise, Brady would have a little bit better prospects, but I think he's going to be just fine with where he's at. Uh, they'll make it work. They'll, they'll, maybe they'll make a move. They'll sign some, go get somebody with it. If it's looking like they're struggling in the passing game, or maybe Brady will just completely flounder his final year and we'll finally see him have like a horrible year and then he'll know that it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll, you know, the, well, actually, the bad Peyton Manning season is when they won the Super Bowl, right? When he was just like done. Was it? I think so. When they, the year they when won. They had like really good D and. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think. I don't know. That was, that was back when we were young and spry and. And the whole world ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Nope, not like that anymore. But yeah, the, uh, Brady on the Dolphins would have been, uh, first of all, the, the fake retired assignment was just hilarious and would have been funny in general. But yeah. Speaking of the Dolphins, my bad move for an LV Dynasty manager affects Gus TT Showbiz, old Wade. And it's actually Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. I thought you might go here. I, yeah. I He was on the bottom end of my list, but I was like, if Scum doesn't go there, I think I'm just going to let it lie. 
I mean, big splash move, and I I appreciate it. I think that, you know, why not do that? I know when it was all happening, like the, they were uh, the Dolphins, meaning were in um, like a bidding war with the Jets. So go for one of the the biggest X factors in the league, right? Like fire kill speed, just it's not fair typically, right? Like people yeah. cannot cover him. But I say it's a bad move, one, because I don't know if this fit is going to be good with Tua. There's a, there's a video that went around, got a lot of heat of Tua going deep for Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek waited for like five seconds on the ball. Right. So that might not be in the cards, but are screens and slants still there available for Tyreek for sure? So, I mean, I'm not saying that it's – he can't succeed, but I don't think we'll see him in the top – three like we're accustomed to seeing from him and i think it especially hurts wade more because he also has jalen waddle on his roster so now instead of having these two like you know potential top 12 options you know tyreek definitely top three waddle getting there as a a reception monster now they're on the same team still the same limited quarterback fighting for targets like they're not gonna I don't think drastically increase the pass attempts for Tua. So smaller reception and target totals to go around for those two, less fantasy points, just really, you know, puts a damper on what Wade was probably hoping for before that move was made, where he's going to have like these two great receivers. Um, now you're there kind of fighting and, you know, I guess, Benefit is if one goes down, now he's got the other that should soak up a bunch of targets, but it's just not not a good – like if I was Wade, I'd be really disappointed that that's where Tyreek ended up going, especially having Waddle. Yeah, those are the exact same things that I was factoring into the, the thought of being a bad move for Wade and maybe even Tyreek Hill in general. Uh, I think it's going to be a rude awakening pretty quick on the fact that Tyreek Hill isn't going to get those big bombs, isn't going to get even those 15 to 20 air yard passes to where he he beats. I mean, he's 20 yards down the field in two, in two seconds. So it's like if, and Tua is not that type of quarterback. He's not, he doesn't have a quick release, takes him a while to get through his progressions. Jalen Waddle benefited from a lot of short work last year mm-hmm. and, and then the yards after the catch and all that kind of thing. I think going from Mahomes to to Tua is going to be a, a huge difference for Tyreek, and I think there might be some. There's definitely going to be an adjustment period, but there's probably going to be some like being mad at each other early on <laughs> uh, until they either figure it out or maybe there's a there's a change in there. I know <clears throat> the Scum and Sneak Show isn't pop isn't known for their stats, but last year among 56 receivers with at least 50 targets. Waddle ranks 48th in average depth of target at seven yards, 46th in average depth of completion at five yards. So that's just digging down. That's going to be the same for Tyreek Hill, right? I mean, yeah, I like they'll probably give him shots, like they'll give him deep targets, but if he can't complete them or if it's underthrown, that's still not helpful. It's literally going to have to be shotgun, three step drop. Tua launches it with all of his time. <laughs> I has to race down there and jump ball at the 50, like with everybody. It's not going to be pl- like plays and routes run to where Mahomes is out in front of him and hits him in stride and, and he's gone. Like that's Tyreek Hill. It just runs by everybody. If that's not what's going to happen, it's going to rely on. And, he, and Tyreek Hill's great in the intermediate and the short route. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But also, like every other game, he has like a 60-yard catch. And if he's not doing that, you're losing out on six to eight points every week. No, I mean, I totally agree. I guess the one the one counter that we could see, like, that gives a little hope for Tyreek's overall production is Mike McDaniels coming over from the Niners. So could we see some, some Debo-type usage uh, for Tyreek? Probably. And, you know, that could uh, raise his floor a little bit, you know, so he's not getting the deep stuff, but he gets a few rushes, gets him out in space, and he can do damage there. But, yeah, I mean, I just – I still think he'll get drafted as like a top 12 guy, lower end, of course. I I don't think it's a 
complete, I don't think it's completely out of the question that he finishes around that eight to 12 thing, but I, I mean, I would expect him and Waddle are both in that top 24 based off of a lot of like short receptions and then their yak ability takes over and gets them, you know, passing those other guys that are dinking dunks. So yeah. that's what I see kind of happening. Yeah. It's going to be interesting and it's going to be fun for sure. And um, we'll see how that plays out. So for me, bad move for the league or for men, for owners in the league. Now this one, like I said earlier, I'm already breaking my rule. I wanted to find one specific thing, but I just can't on this one. Got, give me a, this is, that's classic sneak right there, right? I had the guy doesn't even, I don't even think he listens to the podcast. <laughs> but, and it, this is Big T, our former Alaskan nomad, nomad, now our desert dwelling, Tyler Arson, Big T, back in Vegas. This is a this is gonna be a two and a half to three part reason why it's overall bad for his team. I like that. Okay. Buckled in. Devontae Adams leaves Green Bay. So De- Aaron Rodgers is naturally going to drop down the ranks of a bit. Am I wrong? Not at all. DK Metcalf losing Russell Wilson. Also bad. Also bad. And for the half to full point, depending on what we see happening here, is Odell not only tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl, so recovery timeline is going to be longer into the year, but also he's still unsigned. We don't know where he's going to go, where he's going to end up. Does he go back to the Rams? Does he go back home to the Giants for some reason, to Cleveland for some reason, to a brand new team for some reason? Who knows? He's coming off a major injury. He was great with Matt Stafford and the Rams because that's an awesome team with an awesome offense and a great quarterback. You know, not not looking good all around, in my opinion, for the big T team. Uh, There is ways to turn it around, my friend. Hopefully you put in that work and the desire to do so. But those two moves, uh, you know, adjacent to Metcalf and Rodgers and then the lack of a possible move currently for Bet for Odell uh, just does not bode well for this team. Uh, you know, we're rooting for you as always. We love you to the moon and back, but it's just looking bleak over there, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that was another one I hadn't really looked at, but not the best offseason for Tyler, for sure, just with those things you listed out. And so, since you know, there's not much to really elaborate on. What do you do <laughs> if you're Tyler? Like Rogers, I mean, his age, he's coming off of, of a great season, but with no Devontae, like, can he even sell Rogers for anything? Uh, you know, at this point, like, is there a suitor out there? Maybe if maybe if Brady had retired, Ben would have been the match for, for Rogers, but. I don't know if Tyler can move him at all. Yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily thinking that he should look to move any of these players. I think he's going to, I think he's just, Rodgers is going to be his quarterback till the end. He was number six last year. Let's say he aggresses to like number 12. He goes another six spots, you know, doubles his, his, you know, trajectory backwards. Still going to, you know, still top 15, but not what he was. So he's losing the out there. I don't think you should move DK unless he's going to get right. multiple firsts. You know, DK will be fine whether he goes to a new team or Seattle gets a better quarterback in the next year or two, resigns him more. Like I said, he moves on. So I don't I'm not just saying he needs to make these make moves. I'm just saying this year, right now, it just is not looking good. I, I don't want to, we're not going to go into the rest of his team, but he doesn't just he doesn't have he doesn't have players really that are going to make any impact, in my opinion. Yeah. He, He's the weight of last year with no running backs. He's he's just it's just not looking good. You know he's got two he's got a first and two seconds. So he could you know he's going to make a couple of draft picks of players that he's going to be playing that are going to be making contributions to his team. But yeah, if he wants to go out there and put the feelers out there for some for some trades, like I said, he could get a big haul from DK. But does he build around DK? Like those are the questions. For another episode of the pod. <laughs> no, I want it to be this episode. That was that was my next question. <laughs> like, 
DK is probably one of the most confusing players. Yeah, right I love that word, confusing. That's a good word. Yeah, for dynasty players specifically too. Like in redraft, you got to fade him this year, right? Unless, you know, some magic signing comes up or he gets traded, right? But for dynasty, I don't think right now at this point, you're not going to get what you would have gotten like last year for him, right, in, in, in regards to return. Right. So it has to be a hold, but I don't know. Do you would, – would someone on the other end be like, well, I don't know if it'll even get – like it might be only downhill from DK Metcalf going forward. I don't think that's the case, but we've seen players uh, like Kenny Galladay who we thought was just going to be, you know, one of the, the guys in Dynasty at the receiver position for a long time. Um, and even up until that last season, or well, up until last season with the Giants, we were like, he's still a top, I don't know, 15 kind of guy at receiver. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't remember. Galladay? Exactly. Yeah, Galladay. You're saying you, he still is a top 15? No, he, he was. Oh. You know, so he came off of like a top six year, right, with Stafford. Then didn't play because of injuries, but I still think his value was still there. But now that we've seen him away from Stafford with Daniel Jones, like his value is basically nothing right now, right? Right. Agreed. So could could DK have a similar type fall? And is it time to cash out before that happens is is the other side of the argument. Yes. And I love that because I think my response to that would be with, if you're doing the Galladay comparisons or a comparison of it, you know, all of our listeners out there, you know, of a receiver that was, in that top eight, six range for a year or two or whatever it may be, and then they completely fall off the map. What is the reason for it? He goes Juju's another one, just throwing that out there. Sorry. Who was it? Juju. Yeah. What is the reason? What are the reasons that are for that? Galladay goes to the Giants, gets hurt, and he has Daniel Jones. You know, Matt Stafford's proven to be a, a really, really good quarterback. For, and then making receivers better. Cooper Cup, banner year. Robert Woods was on the was rolling. Bet Odell, who we just talked about, six touchdowns in his first six games. Like for me, I think what you have to look at with DK is you either, like you said, you have two sides of the coin. Flip him now to avoid the potential death, and you don't get anything from him, and you just have to have him in in his in his state he is or do you say he needs you know you've got it he's the product of being with a good to great quarterback i think is what there's receivers out there that are going that are always going to be good regardless of the quarterback is dk one of them that's where my mind goes with the d like this year is it going to be is he going to be with drew lock and or uh whoever for the you know and it's going to be you know he might have a decent game here but he's going to have a couple bad ones in a what it may, whatever it may be, do you make the move now and say, I don't want to run that risk before I'm stuck with, you know, a guy that just is not good anymore and make the move now? Or do I hope that, yes, he's good regardless, he, or he's good because he needs a good quarterback and maybe that's not for another year? I, I think that that's one of the main questions we have every year in the league is, and I had it last year. Like, do I make like you know, I, you know, whatever? I'm gonna talk about me for a second. Do I make this, this trade and get a bunch of draft picks for these players that have had that have been really good and trying to get away from their steep possible decline? Now I don't get anything for them, or do I mm-hmm. get half of the the haul for them? You know, whatever it may be. Those are the questions that everyone has to always have every year with their team. Yeah. And I think again, talking about the likes of the DK this year, I still hold out hope that he's. Uh, he's going to be a really good receiver, if not great, in the right with the right system quarterback. I think you just have to be prepared to weather this year, and in hopes, you know, he's still young. He goes by his fifth year. Hopefully, new quarterback in Seattle if he resigns or gets moved somewhere where he's got, you know, I why don't like why does why don't the Ravens trade for him or something like that? Like mm-hmm. you got Lamar Jackson, who's everyone th- you know wants him to be the next best. He's going to get the biggest contract, you know, he's going to get another big contract and, and, you know, or a team like that. Like, why don't the Ravens make a move for him? They ain't got nobody but Bateman. 
I don't know. Like now we're really gonna dive. This is what this is fun though. <laughs> this is super fun. So like yeah. that's and I and, and not to keep saying this the same thing over again, but that's where we are, you know, with if you're serious about your team in this dynasty thing, like you have to decide when is the time to move. Like I don't know. I mean, what we can even talk about Brendan last year moving digs and Devontae Adams. Like, what did he do that for? Was he afraid of a downcline? Was he just wanting to get the 23 picks? Was it what is it? You know, and you know, does Devontae, is he the same with Carr? Like, maybe not. I don't know. Like, that's the question. That's the question. And that's the question, but also the fun of all this every year and the moves. The reason why we're having this episode of the big moves that have been going on is because we've seen such a big move of of stars this year that there's you know is there is he going to be is these players going to be good where they're at or are they going to have knockoff is going to be a much is it going to be enough of a knockoff to where you're like oh shoot what do i do now <laughs> i love dynasty this is exactly why you're so right <laughs> all right i have i have one last follow-up question for you okay it's about two guys we've already talked about in depth so it makes sense Two guys that we would say both got quarterback downgrades. Two guys that you that were on the same college team, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Okay. This year, who has a better season? 2022. Hmm. Ah. Uh, crap. You answer it. I would lean AJ Brown this season. Okay, then that makes it easy for me. I'm going to go with DK because <laughs> of what I already said about AJ Brown. Yeah, you know, easy answer. Yes, Jalen Hurts is better than Drew Locke, but and that offense is probably going to throw a little bit more. I still don't think they're going to be some big sling it and, and right the game right. offense. But you got to think Seattle with the drafting of uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, is Carson still there? Is he dead yet or what? I think he's kind of dead, but they saw Penny. So they got Penny, like they're gonna run it. They're gonna, they got Noah Fant, they got Gerald Everett. They're gonna probably not want or make Locke go out there and, and throw it down the field, even though DK and Lockett are still top 20 receivers in the league. You got to think that the Eagles are gonna throw it a little bit more. And Jalen Hurts is better than Drew Locke, we have to admit that. Yeah. But I'm gonna go with DK because of what I've already said about AJ Brown. So we're, we disagree on this year. What about Dynasty? Looking forward, who would you rather have? I I think I'm I'm gonna go with DK. I think he's more of the uh, he's more of the field stretcher, more of the more of a polished, uh, bigger, more polished route runner, uh, and I think I think he ends up leaving Seattle. Because I just, I mean, unless Seattle is absolutely like doesn't win a game and they're all of a sudden in the running for the number one or two pick next year and they can get their hands on Stroud or uh, Young, but I think overall it would I would still lean DK. Yeah, I think I lean DK too long term. Uh, I do I do believe in him as a player. I think I think he is going to be good kind of regardless. And AJ Brown is just a little more hurt. Right. Often, so. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that was a fun comp, and we talked about both. So, look at us. It's like we planned it. <laughs> it's like we planned it. Oh, but, man, that was good to be back. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> oh, it just felt so good. It feels like old half of like we're in the middle of week eight or something right now, man. That was solid. Well, like we said, folks, we are back, season three. Hope you enjoyed this, this premiere episode. We got more coming to you and i'm just excited like we said about football season getting underway we're getting to get more just more of it all and then before you know it, we'll be drafting we'll actually be setting lineups and this dynasty season is going to be an interesting one i think the way the league is shaping up with like some of the changes we talked about to to the overall league landscape and then how that affects our teams not just the teams we talked about today um but just we saw last year too a lot more parity in the league and i I only think that's going to be more apparent this year so fun times ahead yeah fun times ahead good point a lot of parity last year i i expect that to continue to grow and be the same this year and like we talked about a lot of receivers today uh receivers were on the brain and like receivers of old 
Usually the third year of a receiver's career is when they really start to blossom and become household names and really take the league by storm. And just like the receivers of old, the Scum and Sneak Show, third season, buckle up, boys, all of our listeners, fans, friends, countrymen, enemies, whoever you may be out there, third season of Scum and Sneak Show will be the best yet. Spread the word. You want everybody to be listening. We'll be coming at you hot and heavy every single week because we love you. And uh, thank you. And bye. She acts like she doesn't want to talk to you right now for some reason. She's being real nice. I'm working. Working, yeah, right. It's Juneteenth. We're not none of us are working. None of us are working. It's all of it. <laughs>